Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. I'm Sam Delaney. And welcome along to this episode, which is going to be uh, another deep dive into the mailbag from you, the Cunters. Uh, if you want to contribute your stories on the various topics that we cover and any any new ones you want to come up with, anything at all, just send us mm. it. Uh, it's TF Time Machine on Twitter and topflighttimemachine at gmail.com on the email. We do not have a postal address at the moment. We're working on it. And then once we do have that, you can send us physical items that we can enjoy. Gifts, bribes, um, you know, explosives, anything like that. We'll accept. Yeah. Hey, uh, I don't know if this is a topic or not, but I thought the other day, I think I was sort of in a half dream. Mm. And I I had this idea for a, um, could be a good publicity stunt for the podcast, of making an igloo out of frozen lager. And I think I mentioned that on a podcast, or I might have imagined it, like making a house. Right. And then you make the roof out of fags. The irony is I don't drink, as you know, and I don't smoke either. But, I kind of think it would be something that still made a statement. I don't know whether we right. could enter it to the Turner Prize or not. Hey, me and you could be like the new, um, what are those two fellas called who live together? Gilbert and George. Yes. They're funny, <laughs> aren't they? I like them. Yeah, you've got to We're... wear a suit every day, though. Nah, we'll do our own spin on it. Track suits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're the track-suited <clears throat> Gilbert and George. And you make a house out of beer and fags. I think that right. would be interesting. Yeah, we'll put it on the list with all the other yeah. things. That we'll never get around to And then we it. could broadcast it. I tell you what, people would turn up and take photos of that. If only yeah. the lad's Bible. <laughs> yeah, uni lad and all of them on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, all right. All right, let's, let's start off delving into the, the mailbag. Uh, this is from Mike Goodall. He says, I would like to share a secret I've been stowing for 35 years. Whoa. Mm. When I was about 12 and spotty, I got ripped off in the school canteen by the lady on the tills who overcharged me by nine pence because I dropped a sausage and had to pay for the damages. <laughs> hey, you dropped a sausage. That's nine pence, that is. Hand it over. That's nine pence worth of sausage you just dropped. Hand it over, you little twat. <laughs> so... He says, subsequently, after a sleepless night of the raging hormones of adolescent injustice, I decided I would take matters into my own hands. The following day, I got a piece of bread with my usual sausage and chips. I hid a sausage under the bread and only paid for one, recouping my loss from the previous day, which I felt was justified. (laughs) But then the real crime began the following day. Exhilarated by the success of my surreptitious operation, which I conducted with remarkably calm demeanour, I felt mm. the overwhelming urge to repeat the act once more. Oh, then again. It's addictive. Then again. It's addictive. This is like serial killing. This is what yeah, happens. Yeah, it is you like get serial away killing. It. Once it's happened, I'm reading a book about serial yeah. killer at the moment. Once you've done it once, you <clears> can't stop. Yeah, because you just think, that was easy. You've mm. crossed that line into killing. 
Yeah. So you keep going. Uh, but but Mike says, for the remainder of my school life, I will get a two sausage for one deal that only I knew about. So he said he was 12 when this first happened. So we're talking about four years, perhaps six years of two for one sausage deals. He says, <laughs> and never wow. has anyone known anything about this appalling offence until now. If in future I die of heart-related problems, it will probably be due to my criminal past. Yeah. Just sus- all those sausages, hell. they'll close your heart up in the end, mate. And in a way, that will be justice. <clears throat> God's justice. Mike God. Goodall, sausage God. king. God usually exacts his own justice using sausages. Yeah. In I'm the, on in the, the side final of, analysis, that's what happens. I'm on the side of Mike there and not on the side of God. Once. Yeah, well, I hope he lives a very long and happy life and eats many, many, many more sausages, paid for or otherwise. Yeah. Well done. I respect you. And also, I'm grateful that you've chosen this forum, this esteemed forum, <laughs> to make that confession after all these he's years. Probably, he's probably been waiting for 30 years for the right forum to come along, you know, the, the, the right he, outlet. Yeah. 25 years ago, he came very, very, very close to... Confessing this on Michael Barrymore's My Kind of People. <laughs> Backed out at the last minute. Yeah, and After at the last minute, no, everything. Something doesn't feel right. I, <laughs> this isn't the right forum. And to be honest, I don't know whether the right forum yet exists. Yeah. He then considered going on that pro- program about religion that Nikki Campbell does on a Sunday morning. Oh, yeah, that one. Yeah. Very moral. That Nikki can get good stuff out of you on that show yeah. but no he still thought not quite the right fit mm. finally he was waiting for a just a program to eventually come about that was just about sausages yeah um and sausage related matters never really came about but this is the closest that exists yeah that's that's why we're here and thank you right. for uh, choosing us shall i shall i read out uh greg perkins bullshit in Go the late it. 80s and early 90s, there was a very worthwhile program on the telly called Find a Family. I remember that. Which tried to re- help rehome kids with foster families. Yeah, different times. Because I'm not sure you should really make a game show out of that. I'm not saying it was a game show, but it more or less was. <laughs> it's like, ah, now we've got a young lad here. Where are you from? I'm from nowhere. I'm stray. I live on the streets. Oh, when was the last time you had a good square meal? I can't remember. I don't think I've ever had one. Oh, dear. And what are your bees? Well, avoiding pimps who are trying to turn me into a rent boy and um, avoiding beatings from people. Right. Oh, that sounds grim. And what kind of a family are you looking for? Any sort of family who aren't physically abusive. Right. Well, do you have any special talents? Can you sing a song or do a little dance? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just, please, I just need a roof over my head. I don't want this to be the source of entertainment for the viewing masses. I'm well, desperate. I'm afraid. Hey, you signed up to this. Now do a fucking tap dance like we agreed. <laughs> right. Anyway, um, tried to rehome kids with foster families. It had a catchy theme tune famously sung by the Hollies. Good news, I remember it. It went like this. Find me a family. Which was inappropriately upbeat. <laughs> For the nature of the show. I wonder if the episodes of this still exist on YouTube, Sam, what we could do with them. Fucking hell. I mean, in the age of austerity, where soon the majority of the country are going to be fucking homeless, right? And then these kids have homes and child poverty has been on the rise for years. I don't think you'd get away with this show anymore. 
But anyway, around this time, a mate of mine and known bullshitter Lee was telling everyone his dad had a Porsche. Classic bullshit, that. Never wavering, despite the fact nobody had ever seen it. If we ever got invited to his house, the trusty Ford Escort um, point one. 1.1 would be parked outside it wasn't long before we in what i admit was cuntish behavior would regularly sing find me a posh for lee to the tune of the hollies find me a family each and every time we saw him find me a posh for lee the same serial bullshitter also told us he had two quad bikes brilliant lie yeah. you know quad bikes yeah, yeah. i've got fucking two of them <laughs> Not uh, just I, one. Yeah, I've got fucking two. We've got two quad bikes that he would race around the town at night against his brother when his mum and dad were asleep in bed. Fucking and yet again, up. obviously, nobody had ever seen the bikes. Yeah. He, yeah, I raced my brother in the dead of night around town on these quad bikes. My parents don't know about it. They sleep really heavily because they're <laughs> um, uh, alcoholics. Eager to weed out the bullshit, myself and a couple of others decided to go round one weekend and ask to see them. His mum answered the door. We all panicked slightly, and one of us blurted out, Oh, has Lee got two quad bikes, missus? (laughs) (laughs) His mum looked confused for a minute, and then, good as gold, sheepishly said, "Um, Yes, but they're away to be hoovered this weekend. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) They'd gone away to the... Quad bike hoovering <laughs> shop. Fucking hell. Quad bike valeting. <laughs> and he writes, hoovered? <laughs> so, said, so he was a second generation bullshitter. Much later in life, she was known to tell people that Lee was now a high speed train driver in France, despite oh. the fact we knew he was a train conductor in the north of England. Have you or any other cunters come across any other second generation bullshitters? Oh, man. That's what? interesting. When Why a, lie about high-speed train driver? Not just a standard train driver. He's a high-speed train driver. Well, yeah, because, I mean, it's a really pathetic... Like It's like, he's a train driver. To be honest, that is quite an exciting job. It's the sort of job that yeah. a lot of kids dream about when they're young. And he's in the north of England, one of the world's most beautiful places, depending on whereabouts you are, of course. And so there's nothing to be ashamed of, but she's had to adapt it a little bit, which mm. makes him feel bad, because he might be quite proud of the fact that he's a train driver. And she's gone... He's actually a high-speed train driver, and not in the north of England, but in France. (laughs) What's the most exotic place I can think of? The land of love. (laughs) (laughs) He rides the love train. (laughs) At high speeds. Have you you, uh, or your cunters come across any other second-generation bullshit as well? It is great if you've got a parent who will support your bullshit. Yeah. My mum is a colossal liar, self-confessed. I said to her once, Mum, you are one of the biggest liars I know. <laughs> and all of, like, the grandkids, like my kids and my brother's kids, all like, you know what they're like? They're all defensive of their nan and they don't see any flaws. And they're like, don't say that. Grandma's not a liar, right? <laughs> are you, Grandma? And my mum, to these little children who adore and worship her, said, no, he's right. I am a liar. I mean, my attitude's always been... Why get into this? Is her exact words? Why get into shit when you can just lie? <laughs> I said that in front of the grandkids. She went. Well, my attitude is why get into shit when you can just lie? So she's she's not a liar who lies to impress. She's not a bullshitter, but she will lie to get herself out of bad situations. Just really and just admit. So yeah, I'll just if someone asks me something. 
and I've done something wrong, I'll just lie yeah. to get out of it. Fantastic. Fair enough, I suppose, but the, not not in front the, of the kiddies. Come on, all the grandkids sat in a line. She delivered yeah. this lecture to them. Yeah, always lie, always be lying, <laughs> kids. Best to lie, kids. It makes Good. life much simpler. Here's another one from Ben in Aberdeen, and this one covers straight man and shoplifting. Uh, he says, whilst I've never directly and hopefully indirectly been on the nick myself in my younger years, I was fortunate enough to witness several attempts of such acts during my part-time job while at school. I worked in a well-known supermarket chain, not quite Waitrose, but they feel like it's superior to Asda and Tesco's. Just fucking name it, Ben. We don't mind. Yeah, I mean, Just we don't fucking care. Jesus. But as you know, we've got really decent legal representation on this yeah. show, so we can't, we're not scared of getting of libeling anyone. You know, if anyone wants to throw money at us, we'll promote anything. I reckon he means Sainsbury's. That's the one I'm thinking of. But anyway, never mind. Uh, And he says, We used to have a local stray man who tried ingenious ways to half-inch various items. One of his plans used to be hanging around outside the main entrance to the shop, waiting for people to drop receipts for stuff that was paid for with cash, then walk into the shop, picking up the items on said receipt, and nonchalantly getting the items refunded at the customer service desk. Great system. Good fraud. He says, uh, these items would range from a premium bottle of vodka to a multi-pack of Golden Wonder. He says, I guess it was the principle of the Nick that tempted this stray man. Uh, ben adds, another plan he had, which after being caught one time, he described to me as hotboxing. Was, <laughs> was he would cover the outer layer of the trolley with family-sized cereal boxes and toilet roll. He then filled the inside of the trolley, which at this point wasn't visible, with alcohol. He would then wait around the near the exit of the shop until a security guard wasn't looking, then walk out with the trolley, as if a trolley full of 20-plus cereal boxes and toilet rolls wasn't in any way suspicious to begin with. His plan <laughs> fell down somewhat, however, when I found out he didn't own a vehicle of any sort. He was just going to walk back along the road to his house with the trolley. Yeah. I suppose it depends. A lot of this sort of stuff depends on where you live. I mean, there are certain towns that I've been to in England where... A stray man walking along, or a man walking along with mm. a trolley filled with loads of toilet paper and cereal boxes just along the street wouldn't stick out, wouldn't no. feel unusual. And then there are some towns it would. Like I wouldn't try it in Oxford or yeah. Cheltenham, but I'm not going to. Na- I've been I've been to Hartlepool, which is not a million miles <laughs> wow. away from you. And like if I saw that there, I'd just be like, yeah, no problem. Okay. Hartlepool's a lovely place, and I live quite near to it, so I'm not going to criticise it. I'm not, I'm not, that wasn't a criticism. I'm a no. fan of Hartlepool. So, uh, yeah, Ben adds, I often think about the stray man when I go shopping, wondering what he's up to now and what new plans he's schemed up to keep his nicking, his nicking ways up. I like how he came up with a name for this thing, hot boxing. Yeah, it's great. makes it sound cooler than what that, it is, yeah. which is just common theft. <laughs> Jalapeño. Are you a subscriber to the Iron Filing Society, our Patreon paywall money grabbing enterprise? <laughs> if not, why not? It's only going to cost you £3 plus VAT a month and you get exclusive Roy Keane episodes. You get the Kevin Keegan episodes a week in advance and you get all the other episodes bereft of adverts such as this. Um, here's a little example of what you've been missing out from the new series of The Keen Odyssey. The Keen Odyssey. You've got to remember, if we're comparing Shakespeare and Roy Keane, which yeah. is what we are doing, let's face yeah. it, Shakespeare sat with his fucking quill at his desk or whatever they... Fucking it, that was a day. Whatever excuse for a fucking desk they had in them yeah. times, right? 
Probably in a the, fucking the, mud and the muddy fucking pit. Back of a dead ox or something like that. <laughs> yeah, right. Fucking slaving over all of this, you know, to be or not to be Wank. bullshit. And fair enough. He did some good lines, but he sat there writing, rewriting, thinking, mm. wringing his hands, going for a fag, walking up and down, contemplating, wanking. Keen, bang, stick it up your bollocks, you English cunt. The Keen Odyssey. What do you mean here, Eamon, where you've written that I nearly slipped under? Well, I'm just saying that the, the way you, you explained it to me, you That's sounded like you, you might have been on the edge of some kind of episode. Episode of what? The only episodes I'm interested in is episodes of Neighbours. The Keen Odyssey. Oh, what about that, Sam? Quality right, stuff. It's fucking high quality stuff. It's well worth three quid and more. Of course it is. And it's all like that all the way through. And you're missing out for the price of a shit pint once a month. Fucking sort yourself out. What are you going to say for the, for the price of a shit? I thought, well, they're fucking making you pay for that now. Wouldn't be surprised. Well, how much do you pay for a shit in a train station toilet? 30 pence? The price of 10 shits a month. <laughs> the Iron Filer Society, patreon.com slash top flight time machine. Pios or perish. Jalapeño. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Jalapeño. Listen, right, this is just a tangent, but I'm not sure. It could be a future subject, and I'm not sure what it is as such, but it's a kernel of something. I was talking to my daughter about, like, some of... I I, I sometimes say to ask her about the other dads of her mates, like when Mm. she goes around her mate's house. She's got new mates now because she just started secondary school this year, so I don't know all the parents. And I go, oh, what's her dad like then? And uh, she'll go, oh, I don't know. And it's the way that young girls talk about people's dads. They find them just a weird alien species that are like, so they'll talk about the mum. They go, yeah. oh, the mum's really nice. You go, what about the dad? And she'll just shrug and go, what? I go, what about dad? Well, I don't know. He's just weird, right? <laughs> and the thing is, it's because they always are weird. And then I realised, yeah, I'm weird too. Dads are weird, right? They're fucking weird. I said to her about one mate, does her dad live with her? Oh, no, she's got a stepdad. He lives there. What's he like then? I don't know. I've only seen him once. He was on a roof. (laughs) (laughs) But she says it in a way that, like, to her, seeing this man up on a roof, right? (laughs) Do we have any more information about why he was on the roof? No, no. But that's the thing. She doesn't see it as weird because he's a dad. 
you see yeah. what I mean? That's what we I, did. I said, why is she on the roof? She went, I don't know. Almost him say, I don't know. He's a dad. That's sort of weird <laughs> shit dads do, right? She's seen the stepdad. I seen him once. He was up on a roof. No, no further explanation because these kids, they see that anything that, if it was a mum on the roof, she'd go, you'll never guess what. Yeah. Her mum was up on a fucking roof. Yeah. I mean, it was so weird. So we asked why she was on the roof. But she sees a dad on a roof. She goes, there's a dad up on a roof. It's on a roof. Yeah. Fucking weirdo. Yeah, Standard. it's on a roof. <laughs> What's that? It's my stepdad. Why is he on a roof? Fuck knows. I mean, you know, he's just stepdadding. He's just stepdadding about up on a roof. Hey, all right, kids. <laughs> hey, kids, you all right? Just all right, uh, hello. All right, Terry. All right, oh, I'm just up on this roof. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, all the best. God bless. I'll be doing it now for an hour. Put a kettle on. Just doing some roof business. <laughs> roof stuff. <laughs> but it's true. The way that 11 year old girls see dads, right, is actually the correct way. Because at first I was like, why do you fucking just think that we're all so weird? Well, you know, and I'm almost taking it. And then I just realized, no, she's right. Yeah. He's on a roof. No one knows why. You don't need to know. He's up to some weird business on a roof. Yeah. There could be no reason for him to be up there. Let's be honest. He's just gone up. Hey, but right. Okay, that's the football finished. Hour till the next one. Might spend some time up on the roof. Get up on the roof. <laughs> Get the ladders out. But this, <laughs> this is what we've been driven to. This is the sort of stuff when I was like 17, I would never think of being on a roof. But now if somebody said, do you want to go on the roof for an hour? I'd be like, be fucking like, hell, fuck, yeah. yeah. It's just a fucking bit of respite, isn't it? Hey, you should come round mine at the weekend if Get you want. I've got a great roof. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'd love to see that. Yeah, it's no problem. We'll get up on the roof. Pop round. It's your new neighbour. Hey, <laughs> hey, mate. Uh, hello, I'm I'm Andy. I've just moved in down the street. Yeah. Hello, yeah. I've noticed you've got a cracking roof there. Oh, cheers. <laughs> thanks for noticing. Yeah, you can come up one weekend if you want. <laughs> I've been doing oh, a lot of work a, on it. Yeah, cracking roof, that. <laughs> I've had it retiled and everything. And the guttering done. It's lovely up there. I just sit up there and think. <laughs> it's just so like she crystallised everything, all of our problems so well. Oh, what's your mate's dad like? It's her stepdad. What's her stepdad like? I don't know. I only saw him once. He was up on a roof. <laughs> <laughs> just normal. <laughs> He's not exactly what kind of man he is. Yeah. A good man. A good man. A roof man. Yeah. <laughs> similar, similar species to a stray man. Yeah. A good man. Yeah, so if, if that promotes any kind of, you know, reaction from the listeners, any kind of category, that yeah. any stories you've got, send them in. Just tell us weird dads. And it could yeah. be, like, either dads from when you were a kid. Like, I've told stories about Malcolm, the Cockney, yeah. Tom, the Glaswegian. I've got other stories about Tom, the Glaswegian, but maybe not for now. And Steve Jones, the velvety-tongued the 80s celebrity. celebrity. Those were the three key dads of my friendship group when we were kids. And they were all spectacular characters in their own way. So any dads you've got from your childhood, but maybe just dads from now. Like, there's yeah. loads of great dads. In, I mean, Stray Man, the original Stray Man, I know him through being a dad. Yeah. Or, or dad stuff that you find yourself doing now that you'd never, ever have thought you would do and enjoy. Like, yeah. when I was a kid, when I was a kid, we went on holidays to Scotland up in the Highlands. And a couple of times we did a, a, a distillery tour. So we'd go around these whiskey distilleries and see all the massive fucking 
bits of equipment yeah. and everything. And fuck me, it was the most boring thing in my entire yeah. life. It was the worst hour I'd ever lived yeah. through at the time. Right now, if somebody said to me, there's a minibus outside and we're taking you on a distillery tour, I'd be like, mm. oh, fuck, yes, yes. yes. Wait, please. Wait, I've just got to get my fucking shoes on. Wait. <laughs> no, you'd be I'm running down the street pulling on. one shoe on. You'd be running along pulling <laughs> oh. one shoe on while you were running, shouting at the bus. <laughs> Distillery, distillery, distillery. Do you, when you went to these distilleries when you were young, this was your whole family, was it? Yeah. Did your dad ask questions? Because that is my worst thing. Um, But again, as you get older, like I went for my my nephew's birthday is on St. Patrick's Day. So a few years ago when I was still with the drink, I I said to him, uh, I tell you what I'm going to do because I'm such a nice uncle. I'm going to take you for your birthday to Dublin for the day. Right, I said we'll go to Dublin because it's St Patrick's Day, and that's how we'll celebrate your birthday, and we'll get on the Guinness. Yeah. And um, I tried to book a tour of the Guinness, uh, you know what you call it, brewery, and that I couldn't get that till the end of the day. So what I did was when we first arrived, I got the first tour of the day, like eleven a.m. or something, because we got a fucking early flight to Dublin right. of the Jameson's Whiskey Distillery. Ooh. Right, I was a big fan yeah. of Jameson's back then. Yeah. And anyway, it was great. We had it all lined up, me and my nephew. He was 19, right? And then, real last minute, get a call from his dad, my brother. <laughs> Guess which fucking brother? That's right, Cass. I've heard you're <laughs> taking Fred out to, uh, out to Dublin for St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, great. I'm fucking coming. I was like, oh, no. But what, what can you say? I thought it was going to be some, like, solid uncle-nephew time, you know? Yeah. But once his dad gets involved, all bets are off. So he comes, but actually, he he disrupted it in a way that I wasn't expecting. Because we got into the Jameson's distillery, and it was supposed to be a fucking really, you know, I'd mentally prepared for it for weeks. It was going to be yeah. a massive piss-up of a day. And it was going to start with, effectively, breakfast whiskey. And they get you in this distillery, and they go... We're going to show you all around. We're going to show you how we make the fucking whiskey. And then at the end, you're all going to get some whiskey, right? So all I'm thinking is, I haven't had a drink yet. I'm thinking, let's just get this fucking bullshit over with where you tell us about the history (laughs) of the fucking distillery and get to the bit where you start dishing out the whiskey, which, let's be honest, is what my ticket price is covering. Yeah, it's not even free whiskey, is it? So there's some boring dickhead going, oh, these are the grains we use. And what makes Jameson's different to other whiskies is we do blah, blah, blah. And we do this, you know, we double distill it or some bullshit like you'd see mm. in an advert. And I'm not, I'm there like looking at my watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm going to see every free other. whiskey? Yeah, every other cunt there is thinking the same. Yeah, yeah, get it over with. This is well boring. The history of Mr. You know, John Jameson's or whatever his name was. All right. John Jameson's in the year 1743, the year of our Lord came up with the idea of making an Irish whiskey and he called it after himself and I'm like, yeah, 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 come on, where's the fucking pay whiskey? Right? My brother Cass has started giving it the full dad, the full dad thing, right, of asking questions. And I know he's doing it because his son's there. So he's thinking, I will behave like a interesting and intelligent person because that will inspire my son. <laughs> it's fucking, my nephew's thinking the same as me. Get to the bit where we start getting pissed. He's going, oh, uh, and that, so the fucking tour's going, now, are there any questions before we move on to the next stage? And I'm looking around thinking, don't you fucking do it. None of you fucking cunts ask a question. Whose hand goes up? Cass's. Cass. Uh, so, 
Can you tell me a bit? He's even doing a special asking a question voice. Can you tell me a bit more about those grains? Uh, what what specific kind of grain is it? I'm looking at him like, are you fucking serious, right? So I go, oh, I'm glad you asked. Well, it is a very particular type of grain. It only grows in one particular part of the world. And this is what's special about it. And I'm like, fuck it's, me. It's a, it's a very long and convoluted answer, but I hope you bear with does, me. Now, does that answer your question? It does. But I actually have one other thing. This filtering process... Is that what gives it its distinctive sweetness? Yes, it is. That's right. And I'll tell you why. Tell you for why. We use these special filters that are made by hand. And I'm like, fucking hell. And he did it at every stage of the tour. Jesus. And I calculated that the can. I was like, Fergie. I was there with my stopwatch, adding on injury time for every mm. stoppage. I was like, mate, you added on about half an hour. Your stupid fucking pointless questions about how they make whiskey. No one cares how they make the fucking thing. <laughs> that's just like, uh, you know... That's just someone who's a bit. It's like people who are into wine. They're alcoholics, right? These middle class alcoholics who go and spend yeah. ages in the wine shop, right? Not up the co op, but, you know, a fancy wine shop. And they go, and really, they think by asking questions and showing an interest in how it was made, I can dis- I, I can make myself feel better about the fact that I am an, an alcoholic. Intellectualizing yeah. their alcoholism. Like you can intellectualize it as much as you want, but there's no difference, mate. Between you and the fucking stray man out front drinking meths. Right? There's only one. There's only one question to be asked when choosing a bottle of wine: Is it under a fiver? Yes, exactly. There you go. And and it's same whiskey. I saw these questions. It slows it right down. So that's a dad thing to do. You go on a fucking tour of something and you ask fucking questions, <laughs> and it's fucking tedious. But what was his motivation for doing this? Did he was he genuinely interested? He claims, I've I've had this out with him a lot. That day, I argued with him about it for the rest of the day. And as we got progressively more drunk, we were, I was going, fucking, Mr. Fucking Questions over there. I wouldn't drop it. Oh, got a question about that, have you? Right. And uh, now I've still, we still talk about it now, years later. I talk about it all the time with his questions because I've been in other situations with him. We were once in an office doing some work together and we were leaving and we were supposed to be going for lunch. And again, I was looking forward to having a bit of lunch and a few drinks. And he started asking the bloke in this building we've been working in, right, that we were desperate. To, I was desperate to get out because, the work, you know, in the end of the working day, you just want to fucking get going. Yeah. He started going, oh, I really like what you've done with this new floor. Uh, how long did it take? And I'm thinking he's just being polite. Like, who cares how they fucking did the interior design of this new fucking office? And, oh, it's taken a few months like that. And then he's gone, and what's this brick, this exposed brick? Is that London stock? And he started using all these fucking terms about different types of brick. He was suddenly Mr. Fucking Brick Expert. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing with your fucking (laughs) questions? You're like, you know, we only live life once. There's no time for questions. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Questions slow everything down. Stop Get pretending. He goes, and then he goes, you get all concerned. Well, I'm actually quite interested. I'm a curious person with a curious mind. Fuck off. Look it up on the get, internet. Let's just get the fuck out of here. Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is it. Right, here's another right. one. This is from this is from Stringer Bellend. Uh, right, I think, yeah. I guess from his name that he's using a burner email probably. He says, uh, <laughs> I've got a story of a renowned bullshitter here with one of his classics and a tale of redemption. 
Oh. Uh, he says, an old school friend of mine was a renowned bullshitter. He was a spoilt twat and was clearly more well-off than anybody else in our group of mates. He would regularly go on fancy holidays to the south of Spain, stroke Florida, as a kid, while the rest of us trudged to the delightful surroundings of a North Wales caravan park for a long weekend. At the end of one particular summer, we were back at school and the teacher asked us to describe what we'd done over the summer. Our hero was the monks the first to respond and told us about his return flight from Disneyland. Ding, oh. Disneyland. Uh, he says, apparently he'd flown back on his birthday and was given a tour of the cockpit and was moved to first class without his mum, dad and brother. Just mm. before the plane was to land, he informed us that the pilot announced his birthday over the speakers and did a loop-the-loop somewhere over Manchester Way. before calmly landing the 747. Uh, as an aside, we later found out his birthday wasn't during the summer, but was in fact in December. The same lad, <clears throat> about 15 years later, was a workmate of a lad I played Sunday League football with. Apparently, All our right. bullshitting friend now lived in the same apartment block in central Liverpool as Everton's Thomas Gravison. My mate from football thought Gravison was shite and would frequently mourn like fuck about him. One particularly harsh time after an Everton defeat, he wouldn't stop, so I jokingly said to the bullshitter, here, you should tell Gravison that this Sunday league lad thinks he's shite. We all had a bit of a chuckle at bullshitter's expense. A couple of weeks later, we're playing a game on Sunday morning and we're getting twatted. The next thing, this big bald fella turns up on the side of the pitch and starts <laughs> booing every time my mate touches the ball. <laughs> He's shouting abuse, telling him he's fucking crap, etc. We're all thinking, who the fuck is this bellend? Of course, it was Thomas Gravison who had just come deliberately to shout abuse at this lad. Fucking brilliant. It turned out our bullshitter and Gravison did indeed live in the same building and our bullshitter had told him that my mate <laughs> thinks you're shite. So Thomas Gravison had came down to give him some back. <laughs> fucking yes. Thomas Gravison. As if we couldn't fucking worship the bloke anymore. He's actually uh, taking the time to go and troll one of, one of his critics at a fucking Sunday League game. Exactly. And there is also a new book out about Thomas Gravison. Mm. That is apparently very readable. It's not autobiography. I don't think it qualifies as deep dive categories. Right. But so he hasn't um, written it himself. It's he hasn't biography. written it himself. It's been written about him. But there's lots in there. I've got a copy of it. I've got a copy right. on Kindle. So I'm gonna. Right, um, I'm gonna get I'll, it. We'll have I'm a look at that, that and we'll, we'll cover that at a later date because that sounds excellent. Especially if that's the sort of thing Gravison does. Goes down to a Sunday league match to fucking, fucking bollock someone who says he's shit. Brilliant stuff. What about? I like just going back to the loop the loop thing. I mean, what was the pilot on the plane? It's a British Airways 747. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, it's your birthday, is it? I tell you what, as a treat, would you like me to do a loop the loop? <laughs> oh, yes, please. All right, here we go. Hold tight, everyone. Fucking way. There you go. It's easy to do. You can do it all the time. It's fucking easy to turn one of these into a loop the loop. Right. Uh, cow has been fucking in touch with the bullshit. Fucking spilled everywhere. Yeah. Watch <laughs> out. Oh, this is the captain speaking. You might want to put your belts on and hold fucking tight to the duty free because things are about to get a bit fucking special. Way! <laughs> People screaming and stuff. Calm down. It's this kid's, it's this kid's oh. fucking birthday. Stop fucking shitting yourselves, you bunch of fucking Nancys. <laughs> You've never been on a loop-the-loop before. It's his fucking birthday, <laughs> you heartless dickheads. Right, there you go. We stop now. You can all stop crying. <laughs> Give them all. Right, here's a, and here's a message to all the trolley dollies. Anyone who spilt the drink, go give them a free top-up, fuck's sake. <laughs> I don't need that coming back to bite me on the ass once we land. It's, it, it's not every day it's some kid's fucking birthday, is it? <laughs> all right, free drinks all round. Come on. Right. 
Uh, Cal says, once when down the pub, my mate uh, began to tell the group of some of the best bullshit I've ever heard. He claims that as a curious and bored 11-year-old, he decided that he was going to take all of the tyres from his mum's car and swap them with all the tyres on his dad's car. <laughs> Pointless bullshit. <laughs> he said, ah, ah, this will fucking freak him out. He said he if got caught. Ab- yeah, why would you notice? Oh, yeah, check your fucking tyres. He said he got about half of the job completed before his parents returned home and caught him in the act. Nightmare. Hey, 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 what are you doing? Nothing, mum, I swear. Are you fucking swapping our tyres, you little shitbag? No! Oh, you're a one, you are. Uh, we're going to have to send you off to fucking stay with your uncle at this rate. He said he got, uh, he got caught. There are so many holes in this story. How did he, at 11 years old, possess the mechanical know-how to remove and replace the tyres of a car? Where were his parents returning from if their cars were at home? Well, I mean, they could have gone out without their cars. He also failed to remember that as his only friend at the time, he definitely would have fucking told me. That's what (laughs) Cal says. Well, Cal, you've missed out the biggest hole of all, which is why on earth would he do this? Why would he do it? Why would he lie about it? It's a shit prank. But thanks for that anyway. I mean, the parents even got a notice. It was like, hang on a minute. I used to have good years on this car. These are Michelins. What's going on? (laughs) Wow. Fucking hell, I'm going mad. Lewis, <laughs> get down here. Have you, Lewis, have you been dicking around with my fucking tyres again? No, man. <laughs> oh, God. Right, that's Terry all we've got time for. Oh, okay, we'll leave that's Terry Nash till no, next time. We'll save some more for Tune next, in time. next time. That's all we've got Terry. time for. Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, thanks for sending stuff in. Keep it coming. It's all good, apart from the stuff that isn't. Um, mm. This has been Top Flight Time Machine. Bye-bye. Yeah, take it easy. on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns